Why did Kenobi send you? Why don't you surrender, and then we can both go and ask him? <laughs> My surrendering? Well, that would be pointless, for if I am correct, soon the Jedi and the Republic will no longer be the controlling interest in the galaxy. And who will be? You? No. Darth Sidious. Once again, Bucketheads, Maeve Artigar, welcome to our 208th Canonically, Chronically, and Comics Covering the Clone Wars episode of Mandovision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. In case you haven't noticed, it is, once again, Mandovision After Dark. Hence, <laughs> the way I'm talking, which is slightly different than our normal podcast, which are recorded in the brightness of the sunlight. <laughs> The best way to find us is, of course, on social media. Reach out to us at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. Well, like I said, it's MandoVision After Dark, and I'm, I'm delivering what I promised. I told you after completing the big three-part uh, uh, Darth Maul arc, the Shadow Collective arc, uh, however you want to term it, the, the beginning of the next Mandalorian Civil War arc here in Season 5 of The Clone Wars, uh, we would talk about what happens with Maul after this. You know, when we leave Maul, he's, he's on the ground, down and out, been defeated by his former master, Darth Sidious, and Sidious has plans for Maul. But we never get to find out those plans because... Um, things changed pretty ra rapidly uh, for Star Wars The Clone Wars after the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilms back in, in, in what was that, 2014 that that happened? 13? 12? 12? <laughs> I can't remember now, but whenever that, ex whenever that exactly happened, I believe it was 12, when that happened, um, I don't think Disney, you know, we, we've talked about it in the past, I don't think Disney realized just what they had on their hands with Star Wars The Clone Wars. I think they just thought it was a cartoon. It was a waste of money. It was for kids. It wasn't important. Not realizing that, that the stories they were telling were canon. The stories that they were telling were conceived and thought of 
by George Lucas. They're some of the last uh, Star Wars stories we get from the creator himself, from George Lucas in, in, in Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, I don't think they realized what they had on their hands, that the sort of um, a cultural icon that is Ahsoka Tano in this show. They, they didn't understand any of it at the time. I, they think they completely misjudged what The Clone Wars was. And as such, they canceled the show while it was in production for season six. And, and, and they were planning out stuff for season seven and eight down the road. They had, they had a lot of things going on for this series. And again, some of these were to be the final, uh, will, will become the final uh, creative input from George Lucas on Star Wars. Uh, and they just axed it. They got rid of it. They're nope, no thank you. We don't need this silly cartoon. Uh, any longer no thank you uh, and it wasn't until you know years and years later you know the the, the fervor uh, of the fandom just building and building over time and then realizing what they did and and the popularity of, of Ahsoka the impact that Ahsoka had on not just an entire generation of, of fans but, but very specifically a, a, a underrepresented Percentage of the port, a percentage of the population in Ahsoka Tano, uh, the the strong uh, female character that that people could look up to, little girls could look up to, uh, in in a way that uh, Star Wars was was kind of lacking at the time, uh, and 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 again, I, we could talk about it all day about what a big mistake it was, but long story short, what this means is that at the end of our arc that we just concluded. With, with Sidious lording over Maul and saying that he has big plans for him, well, we never get to see what they are. Um, and this sort of, looking back on this now, this sort of begins what we, what we call sort of the Star Wars, Clone Wars legacy line, right? This is where uh, certain stories were, were adapted, were modified, uh, told in different ways. Uh, some episodes we have to see like an, anima, uh, the animatics, the uh, animated storyboards, to, to kind of get the idea of what was coming up in these in these impending seasons, uh, two of the more unique stories that they had planned for what was the original for, for originally in season six, uh, one was adapted into a novel, the Dark Disciple novel featuring Asajj Ventress, and um, oh my gosh, uh, Quinlan Voss, excuse me, I almost blew it right there, uh, and then what they did with Darth Maul picking up from where the our last episode ends. Uh, and, and finding out Maul's fate, what happens with Maul, what happens with Sidious, and, and, and how it leads into what is eventually the Siege of Mandalore, uh, which we finally got delivered to us when, they, when, when Disney woke up and brought back the Clone Wars for final season seven uh, just last year. Was it last year? God, maybe it was two years ago at this point. Regardless, we, you know, we finally got the conclusion to that story, but there's a big chunk of it in the middle that... Uh, you know, a lot of fans haven't seen, were not uh, privy to. And while those stories that were not uh, produced fully for the, for the animated series uh, may not exist, in, you know, like in, in the animated form that we want them to be, uh, those stories are still sort of part of the lore. And we, we saw that firsthand back in the Book of Boba Fett when Cad Bane shows up and, and you know, they, they reference the, the big Banning Hunter arc that was supposed to be in... I'm going to mess it up. It might have been in season six, but it might have been in, in plan for season seven where Cad Bane and Boba Fett were going to fight. They were going to have a relationship. They were going to have like a sort of mentor-mentee. And then at some point, Boba Fett was going to stage a coup and they get into uh, a, 
of a fight, and it, it's the fight that puts the dent in Boba Fett's helmet. Um, so we never got to see that episode, but by and large, that story that is 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 sort of unfleshed out at this point to to a degree is still considered canon because it's it's very heavily implied that it still happened when we catch up with Cad Bane in Book of Boba Fett in the past season. So these stories are important and. By the same stretch, what happens in Dark Disciple? That's canon for Quinlan Voss for Asaz Ventress. And what we're here to talk about today, the Darth Maul, excuse me, my goodness, the Darth Maul story got adapted into a comic book series, a four-part Darth Maul comic book, originally from Dark Horse back in 2014. Uh, and you can now find it under Marvel stuff. You can find it online, digital editions. Uh, you can find it in trade paperback collections. You can go to your comic book store, hunt through the back issues, though I have no idea how expensive it might be. But it's a very vital piece of the story because, you know, like I said, if, if, you, if you're not plugged in, if you're not kind of following along with some of the, the deeper lore of Star Wars, and if you're just watching The Clone Wars uh, and you don't really realize what happens to the show, it, it's, it's sort of... Uh, um, sad ending <laughs> that we come to in the middle of season six. And, you know, if you just go in, if, you, if you're just watching it in order and you don't know anything of the backstory of, of the behind the scenes drama with the show, uh, you, you, you're like, wait, Maul was captured by Sidious. And now here in season seven, he's back on Mandalore. Like what, what the heck happened? And this comic book exists to fill in that gap. This is the initial arc that they had planned out uh, for season six. To fill in that 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 vital piece of of time for both Maul and Sidious, and uh, it's it's you know I would have loved to have seen it done incorporated into the animated series, but getting the comic book I think was a really cool treat. And again, it it's canon like this is important stuff, and it shows us it shows us kind of a, I th I think I think it shows us something that we all wanted to see when we realized that Ma was coming back and what exactly was going on. And, you know, we get teased with it uh, in that last episode when, when Sidious shows up on Mandalore and engages in combat with Maul and, and, and Savage, right? This is the next level because, you know, now Maul is sort of like this, this um, I don't want to use the word monkey wrench necessarily, but uh, Sidious quickly finds a way to incorporate the, the unexpected return of Maul into his plans. Uh, and then for us as the fans who, you know, have, have grown to really enjoy Darth Maul being back, we get the confrontations that we wanted, right? We want to see what Maul's like now as like an adversary to Sidious, to his new apprentice, Count Dooku, a.k.a. Darth Tyrannus, uh, to the Separatists themselves, to uh, General Grievous, all these different factors and, and, and the way he uses the Shadow Collective in, in the battle against them. We're going to talk more about it uh, in, 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 in some depth, <laughs> hopefully, to kind of cover the ground. But it's a, it's a really important story. It's really worth tracking down. Um, like I said, if you have a, a tablet, a phone, whatever, you can get digital copies of this for just a, co a couple bucks a pop. Or you, I think you can even get the, the collection for like 8 or $9. That might be the cheapest, most effective way to go. But that's up to you. That's your call. But it's a cool story. It's a lot of fun. And we're going to talk about it here in just a minute. But you know what you have to do first? It is time. 
strap on your buckets. Let's go. Lost. I am lost. And yet, I can feel his presence so close, so close. I can see him in my mind's eye. Kenobi. Kenobi! So before diving into the comic fully, we do have to... Uh, uh, pause to acknowledge something. Now, by the time you guys hear this podcast, it will this information will be several weeks old. Uh, so I'm giving a little peek behind the curtain of just kind of how far in advance I'm trying to work to make sure I have episodes to cover us through the summertime when my schedule is going to get a little topsy-turvy, a little hectic. Um, but that news we need to talk about is the passing of Ray Stevenson, a, uh, a soon-to-be vital cog. Of, of our Star Wars animated rewatch shows uh, as we move forward with everything because he first came into the Star Wars universe as Gar Saxon. Uh, and this is a character who we actually get a glimpse of. We, we well, it didn't seem more than a glimpse, but is, is, you know, part of this comic book that we're about to talk about. Gar Saxon's in the book. Uh, and, you know, Ray Stevenson brought, his, brought him the voice, brought him to life in the animated series. Uh, and coming up this summer, Ray Stevenson is going to be a part of the Ahsoka show as as I forget what word what term they're tossing around to describe his character, whether he's a fallen Jedi or a dark Jedi, or what exactly we're going with here. But he has like that sort of orange-hued lightsaber, you know. Well, and we'll talk more about his character when we get to meet him in the Ahsoka show. Uh, but Ray Stevenson, uh, an actor who I think we've all seen in many many things over the years. Uh, he's in the Thor movies. He was the Punisher. He was on HBO's Rome. He's he's just been all over the place and. You know, he's, he's part of the Star Wars family, uh, and he passed away uh, at the tragically young age of 58. And, and um, that's, it's sad. It's a sad, sad thing, and I wanted to acknowledge it because, again, like I said, uh, he's part of the Star Wars family, and we are going to be spending some time with Gar Saxon in the near future. Uh, and just, in, in, you know, we'll talk about it more in detail when we get to those episodes, but Gar Saxon is, is one of the, the mall loyalists of, of the Mandalorians. He's one of the early adapters of, of, of putting the, the, the horns on his Beskar helmet and, and sort, of, sort of showing his loyalty to Maul and following Maul's path for, for the Mandalorians uh, forward. Um, so, yeah, in, in that sense, he's sort of a Maul true believer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, so sad, sad news. And sort of interesting timing because as we're going to talk about this comic book, again, Gar Saxon is one of the first characters we see when we open up the comic book. So we'll talk about that in just a minute because I do want to give out the vitals for the comic. It is Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir. It is a 2014 Dark Horse comic written by Jeremy Barlow, pencils by Juan Frier, uh, inks by Mar- Ma- Ooh. Muro Vargas. I can't even read my handwriting. It's terrible. Coloring by Wes DeZoba, and uh, some great cover art by Chris Scalf. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, and like I said, this picks up where... Our last episode of the Clone Wars ends. Maul taken prisoner by Darth Sidious, uh, and we go to the prison planet where he's being held. It's a very familiar site. We've, we've become familiar with this prison. We know m- much about it. We've seen it in episodes of the show. We've seen it in other aspects of Star Wars canon, continuity. Uh, so you know they're paying attention. They're taking notes. Uh, and he's being... What we're seeing is... Uh, two members of, of Maul's Shadow Collective, the Mandalorian faction of it, 
specifically Gar Saxon and another Mandalorian named Cast, are going to attempt to break out Darth Maul from this prison. Now, I want to go back and mention, let's talk about the name Cast for a second. If you're an old guy like me, then that may be a familiar name to you, particularly when it comes to Mandalorians, uh, because in some of the old Legends canon, there was a character named Jodocast who impersonated Boba Fett and was treading, making profit off of Boba Fett's reputation by impersonating him. You know, sort of the old guys, like anyone can be in Mandalorian armor and be Boba Fett, right? Uh, until Boba Fett catches up with him, makes him pay the price. Now, again, that's old Legends continuity, uh, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe not, this happens down the road. But just sort of an interesting little uh, wink and nod to old Legends canon by having a Mandalorian in the Shadow Collective by the name Cast. Coincidence? Maybe. Maybe not. Who knows? But it's, it's, it's Cast and it's Gar Saxon who are attempting to break into this prison to spring Darth Maul, their leader. Unbeknownst to them is that they're sort of being allowed to do this because... As we said earlier, Darth Sidious has a plan. Uh, Count Dooku is extremely nervous about said plan. He believes Mar Darth Maul is dangerous and should be killed immediately. But there is... Sidious sees this as an, as an opportunity to smoke out a, a, a potential threat, but B, get a little revenge for, for uh, uh, what he believes was, was a wrong committed a long time ago against him. And he's planning to use Maul to smoke out Mother Talzin. Uh, who we've not seen on, on the Clone Wars in quite some time. She's in deep hiding after the Separatists attacked Dathomir and killed many, many, many of the Night Sisters. Uh, so, Sidious believes her to be, be alive, and Maul is the key to luring her out. So they're going to spring Maul, and Maul's going to bring in the Shadow Collective. And it, it, it's this really wonderful kind of cat-and-mouse game between uh, the former apprentice, you know, Maul, and his former master, Darth Sidious. We also incorporate Sidious's new apprentice, Dooku. So Dooku and Maul are going to square off. Uh, and then the Separatist forces that are now under Dooku's control and, and Sidious' control. What's interesting about all this is, is sort of the revelation that we get later on that Maul knew the plan from the beginning. He knew every step of Sidious's plan to eliminate and end the Republic. Uh, and... and it's never revealed more chillingly so than when we get to season seven of the Clone Wars, when he kind of has this confrontation with Ahsoka Tano. But that's just a little element to keep in the back of your mind as you read through this comic book: is that, that Maul knows the end game that Palpatine has in place, Palpatine slash Sidious has in place for the Jedi, for the Republic, for all of it. Uh, and and so to see him in this position is unique and interesting. Now. Granted, once he gets his freedom, he is communicated with by Mother Talzin using using her um, her version of the Force, her dark side abilities, her dark magics, to to commune with Maul. And again, it's a cat and mouse game because now Talzin is going to attempt to turn the tables, and they want to lure Sidious out so that Talzin can get her revenge for taking her child, a.k.a. Maul himself. Um, and, and so it's a lot of back and forth between the two. When you read the four issues, they are presented in such a unique, interesting way where, you know, issue one, Maul has to escape. Issue two, 
it's Maul versus Dooku. Dooku gets captured. Now he's the prisoner. And, and you know, you sort of realize that Maul and Dooku and, and Grievous to another extent, as well as the, the Separatist army and the Shadow Collective, are sort of pawns in this game of like these, these, these sort of like epic dark side legendary force users uh, in, in an effort to get revenge against one another. But what you ultimately find out through the course of the comic is is like the resources that Sidious has at, at his fingertips, the control he has over everything, the chess-like approach he t it takes to every p every maneuvering. Right, every he's moved pawns across the table for a long, long time to get what he wants, and it's it's happening in the way he wants right now. Like everything's sort of unfolding as he has foreseen it, like he tells to Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi. Sidious thinks these things out. This is sort of his area of, of being, you know, six moves ahead of everybody and, and, and letting them walk into a trap that he's laid for them because he knows and anticipates everything that they're going to do so, so well. So that is a really fun element of the story, is, is ultimately knowing that, that Sidious is just on top of everything. So no matter what, Maul attempts to do, no matter what Talzin attempts to do, and like there's some really cool stuff in these books, and you sort of wonder, like, could they pull this off? Will they get away with it? Which is is a, a, a real credit to the storytellers of, of this, because I mean, ultimately, you know that uh, nothing's going to happen to Grievous, nothing's going to happen to Dooku, nothing's going to happen to Sidious, because they're going to be at the end for Attack of the Clo or for uh, Revenge of the Sith, right? We all know how that movie starts what characters are in place for what. So nothing amazingly dramatic can happen as far as that goes. But again, the, the cat and mouse element of it, the, the, the smoking out of, of tr each character attempting to bait the other to make their, their presence known. You know, Sidious's plans to bring Towson, Mother Towson into the foreground and Towson's plans to bring Sidious into play, to lure him back into a position where she can exact her revenge uh, it's it's really well executed, really well done, and and by the end of it, you know Maul has Mother Towson. We see the end of her. It's it, it this puts a real big bow on the end of the the Night Sisters in that regard, because we see the end of Towson. Uh, but it puts Maul in the position where we will find him when we get to season seven of the Clone Wars, back on Mandalore still with the Shadow Collective. You know, it's it's fractured. Some of the alliances have, have worn out. The Huts have turned on him after this. Um, but he still has the Pikes. He still has uh, um, um, Black Sun, <laughs> excuse me, and, of course, the Mandalorians themselves, you know, the Death Watch agents who are now loyal to him, who paint themselves red, who have now horns on their Beskar helmets. Um, so we connect those dots really, really nicely. But the stuff that's in between that is a lot of fun too, especially uh, if I really enjoyed the incorporating of the Knight Brothers into this, where Talzin sends sends Maul a detachment of Knight Brothers to engage in combat, and and again the the, the back and forth between Maul and Dooku is insanely fascinating, insanely interesting to hear their sort of verbal spars while they engage in combat within one another. Uh, when Dooku is prisoner of Maul for, for a time. It, it's really interesting stuff to see the current apprentice versus the former apprentice and Maul sort of uh, you know taking his shots at Dooku the, and, and, and Dooku sort of 
trying to rebuff that and let remind Maul that that he failed. He's and he fell, and uh, uh, so Dooku rose to fill that void that that Maul couldn't handle. Uh, it, it's 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 a wonderful back and forth. The only thing, if I were to knock the comic just a smidge, it's that it's it's somewhat constrained by its its page count. Now, just like an episode of the show would be. I mean, there's there's a time limit. Uh, but sometimes you want some of these stories to breathe a little bit more, to be fleshed out a little bit more. Uh, and that's probably my only little complaint. It's like it's just really fast-paced. It's really tightly knit, but in, 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 a, in a good way. Like I wish it could breathe a little bit more, but the pace is quick. The story beats are boom, 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 boom. And you get from one thing to another very quickly. And again, each episode sort of reads a little bit differently because the tables turn just a little bit differently to, fa- to favor one character over the other, ultimately ending in issue four, with everything falling in Sidious's favor, as as it was sort of predetermined by him to be, uh, and it's cool. It's really cool. Grievous is effective in it. The the Separatist army is effective in it. The uh, the biggest question I had about it, and again, it's 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 painted as as a, as a way to portray to to smoke out Sidious from his from hiding to come to the foreground so that Towson can launch her attacks. Is that um, Maul's sort of desire to to please her really puts him in a bind with the Shadow Collective. Really diminishes a lot of their forces, uh, and and you sort of wonder um, how much of that had an effect on when ultimately the siege of Mandalore begins, uh, because he's he's uh, in a position where he has to sort of regather his strength by the end of this four issue comic book series. And, and, and again, you sort of wonder, like, if it sort of felt like Mother Towson was willing to let all that burn for the name, for the sake of revenge against against Darth Sidious. And, and that's very, very interesting stuff. Uh, it's a comic book that I do recommend very, very highly. I think it's really good stuff. And it fills in a lot of background stuff that we need when we watch Season 7 of The Clone Wars. So check it out if you get a chance. It is entertaining, it is worth the time, and it's a lot of fun. And it puts a bow, like I said, it puts a real bow on the Mother Talzin stuff, the Dathomir stuff, and it further isolates Maul so that after the Siege of Mandalore, and by the time we catch up with him in Rebels, we know how alone he is, how isolated he is. There is no one left for him to turn to. The Night Sisters, the Night Brothers, Mother Towson, they're they're gone. There's some insanely diminished at the very very least, but there's no connection for him back to Dathomir. He is sort of the last son of Dathomir in many many senses, uh, hence the title of the of the comic book. Uh, and I think it's important to kind of highlight that again, specifically for when we catch up to Maul down the road in Rebels as he's wandering the desert of Tatooine, uh, still attempting to get revenge on Obi Wan Kenobi for what happened on Naboo to him all those years ago. It just, uh, a, a really cool stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's just always fun. One of my favorite things about going back and doing this rewatch series with the Clone Wars is being able to look back and see how much forethought there was into everything they were doing, how much they plotted things out, like Darth Sidious, you know, Dave Filoni, George Lucas, all these guys, like they, they were very astutely plotted everything they it was it was like they had like a roadmap and they knew what they wanted to hit and they knew what they wanted to share with us 
and they knew how to get us there. Um, you know, you can look back at the early seasons of the Clone Wars, and you know maybe it's not quite plot out the way you want it to be, but where we're at now in season five, what's coming up in season six, what we get to in season seven, and then. Rebels kind of does the same thing. Rebel season one starts off a little slow, then it picks up in two, and three, and four. And again, you just see the path. You follow the path, the trajectory that we're on, the dots that we're going to connect to. And then when you look back at all of it, you're like, it all makes perfect sense. We were on this track from the beginning, and, and we just had to hit certain signposts along the way. So, again, in, in this sort of uh, legacy line of Star Wars The Clone Wars that happens after Disney cancels the show... And we don't get to see these episodes animated. Uh, I think this is a very viable uh, way to to get what is still considered canon into your headspace, so that you can can process and, and check out all these things and, and just really dive more into the lore of the show of everything that they were planning out for us as an audience. So check out this comic book. Don't sleep on it. It is great, and it connects in in all the best ways. As, as specifically as we to what just happened on our last episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars, you know, with with Maul in a very bad spot <laughs> and how he gets out of it and, and the conflict that comes between he and his former master, uh, between Maul and, and his master's new apprentice and the giant army he's constructed in the time that Maul's been gone. Really, really good stuff. Check it out. It's, again, I think my tiniest complaint is about the, about the pacing being a bit hurried, uh, So, I, but it's still like, you know, eight buckets, eight and a half buckets worth your time and effort. Great stuff. And it's really cool to see Sidious just showing us how far ahead he is on everything. Uh, you know, and I think I've talked about it in the past. One of the, one of the best ways, one of the best ways that was sort of highlighted initially to, to, as, as a Star Wars audience member was reading the episode three novelization. That book really chronicles uh, just how far ahead Sidious was on everybody. That is a great adaptation of, of episode three. Uh, if you have not read that, please check it out. It's, it's really fantastic. I don't know if there's a great audiobook version of it, but it, if there's not, there should be, because that's, that's a stellar adaptation and really shows just how far out Sidious thought of everything. So check it out. But it's nice to see that illustrated now in this comic in the Clone Wars series. So really, really good stuff. All right, I think that takes care of just about everything I wanted to talk about with you guys for the comic book. Uh, one little thing to note real quick is that when they spring, when Gar Saxon and Cast spring Darth Maul from the prison, he is handed the Darksaber. There is no combat. He is still the leader. They still respect him for that. They just hand it to him. I just point that out because we've had a lot of conversation about how exactly that does transfer of power of the Darksaber work? Well, in this comic book, they just handed it to him. So <laughs> there is no need for combat or anything like that. They rescue him. They give it back to him. That's that. Uh, and then a big battle in, this, in the second issue of the comic between the Shadow Collective and the Separatist Army uh, takes place on Order Mantell. And I found that interesting to be because Order Mantell is a very interesting planet. It's a very interesting setting for a lot of these things. And I sort of wonder if that battle itself sort of has an impact on what we see of War Mantell when we're there on the Bad Batch. And I think there's a connection to it. I think if you if you 
keep in mind that battle in particular and the way the sort of the beings of Lord Mantell live their lives, I think there is a, is, is a direct correlation uh, from that battle with the Shadow Collective and the Separatists to what we see in the Bad Batch uh, in, the, in the aftermath of the rise of the Empire. So, again, just a couple of little, little tiny things to think about and keep in mind as you read the book and as you think of, uh, of the Star Wars stories that we're getting all the time. And, and like again, all those sort of signposts that they're connecting to with everything. Really, really well thought out. Uh, and it, it just gets more impressive the, the, the more I look at it, the, more, you know, the further out and the further back I look to see those signposts. Great stuff. So that's it. Um, <laughs> hey, my name is Tom, Nargai Tom. Thank you for checking out my small independent Star Wars podcast. We are the Mandovision podcast. Please reach out to us on social media. We're at Mando underscore vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow, and share the show with all the Mandalorians in your covert. If possible, a great way to support the show is to give us sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews on whatever platform you're listening to us on, if they do that sort of thing. It really does help us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and just be continue to be the awesome Star Wars podcast that we want to be. Sorry, I'm getting a little congested right now. Getting over a cold, folks. Sorry about that, so... <laughs> still a little congestion on my side of things I apologize about that but we'll be in good shape and back next week to kick off some big time coverage for the big four part uh, finale of season five which, which chronicles a major turning point for Ahsoka Tano so make sure you're here with us for those because that's going to be four episodes of just sheer awesomeness I, I said it before weeks ago when we kicked off this Darth Maul arc on the Clone Wars like you're, you're going to get seven episodes of awesome Star Wars entertainment. And this podcast is so insanely happy to talk about it with you all. So let's get out of here. We'll talk to you all very, very soon. Be great Star Wars fans. Always be supportive of each other. Listen to each other's ideas. Encourage differences of opinion. And 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 hear people out. And, and just have fun with it. It's Star Wars. It's fun for everyone. All right, my friends. Thank you, Buckethead Nation. You are the best. I will talk to you all very, very soon. Remember, this podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I find that answer vague and unconvincing. <laughs>